So becoming embodied is, is powerful because it allows you to be the steward of your own ship in the most powerful way possible. Mm. When you can stand in your full presence and when you can clearly own all that you are without judgment or explanation, there really is no other way of being that feels more enlivening yeah. or um, expansive. Mm. And I really believe that we were all meant to feel mm -hmm. and live and operate from that level. And when you get to that level, that's just the beginning. That is the beginning of where you create. That is the beginning of where you serve. That is the beginning of where your purpose guides you. I really can't think of anything more important than waking up to your true self. I mean, once you do that, every single thing in your life changes. It's like a whole new world opens up. I used to look at my life and think, there has got to be more. There is, and this is it. I'm Paige, and this is Spiritual Twenties. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Spiritual Twenties. My name is Paige, and in today's episode, we sat down with Allison Pagano to talk about the energy body. Allison and I went through each of the seven chakras, what they are, what they mean, how we can tell if there may be an imbalance, what it's like when they are firing on all cylinders, so to speak and why any of that is important. We talked about how we can understand this energetic body that we have, how we can connect to it, why we should do it, what embodiment means. Whether you are someone who has never heard of the chakra system before, you've never heard of the energy body before, or maybe you're well-versed, this episode is the perfect breakdown and look into this amazing, amazing tool that every single one of us has access to. Allison takes us through her journey from overcoming an eating disorder to learning to connect deeply to her body and her truth and embody her purpose, which is something that will be so clear when you listen to the episode. Allison is a teacher, a performer, a choreographer with a full background in the healing arts. She has spent the last two decades traveling, training, and teaching in the fields of health, healing, and dance. She holds many certifications across varied forms of health and healing disciplines and received her MFA in dance from Montclair State University in 2018. She is currently on faculty at Manhattanville College in Purchase, New York. She blends universal healing principles with dance training and performance to create the unique synergy of embodied dance, which is intended to serve those on the path to experience dance as a healing art form for both the performer and the audience. Allison's Embodied Dance Certification Program starts in March 2021. If you are interested, make sure that you mention this podcast and Allison will give you a special discount. Of course, all of Allison's information is in the show notes and I definitely encourage anybody interested in working with the body, with embodiment, and especially if dance is something that calls to you, check Allison out. She is such an amazing teacher and resource and friend. This episode is packed, so without further ado, here is my conversation with Allison Pagano on The Energy Body. Hi, Allison. Hello, hello. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Good to be here. Yay. Let's, um, why don't you start off by telling us a bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I, my name is Allison. I live in uh, northern New Jersey and um, my work is the Embodied Dance Project or Embodied Dance, which is um, a format that allows 
the combination of the healing arts and dance to combine so that we are working with the whole person in the teaching of dance and we are keeping the whole person and humanity in mind in the creation of choreography and performance landing it from this high art back into the body so that dance can be used as a healing tool. So choreography can be used as a healing tool. Um, I've spent the majority of my working life doing hands-on healing. And um, this time on the planet of slowing down in 2020 has enabled me to fully shift gears, <laughs> uh, which was I was planning on doing anyway, and really allowing this work to come full circle. Um, it's something I've been developing over the course of my working life. So um, I, I am my brand. Um, there's really no separation. So I guess, you know, me talking about my work is just as <laughs> pointed right. as me talking about myself. I've traveled the world. Um, my background is in anthropology. Um, I'm a college professor. I love connecting people back to themselves, connecting them back to their deepest authentic expression, uh, giving them full permission to show up fully uh, as who they are, mm -hmm. and to support also the people who are stepping forward right now in terms of leading from the place of the soul and embodiment. I have a teacher training coming up that's starting in about a month. I'll tell Yay. you about that later. Yeah. But that's probably a good place to start. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Oh, yeah, I know that you have so there's so much that went into building your current program and the embodied dance as you see it. And I just so admire all the work that you've done. And one of the places that I'm really personally interested in is this idea of our energy body, not the idea of the existence of our energy body. And I've talked about it in maybe one or two episodes on the show before, but to have somebody like yourself in this space of dance, come on and talk to us. It's not because this episode is geared towards dancers or people who like to dance. It's because dance has such, it's a human thing. And it's something that really connects and can heal and all of the things that we'll definitely get into in this episode, but one of the key things that dance can be for us is this gateway to releasing, to healing, to opening up our connection to the energy body. And so I'd love for you to start by just talking about the energy body. Maybe if you want to tell us where some of your knowledge of the energy body comes from, because I know you've done so much work in the area and just what, why we should know about it and what we should know about it. Sure. Yeah. Great. Thank you for asking. Very depthful and powerful. And it's so easy to go through life and not have any of that information at all. Right. Um, I know that I could have so easily missed out on experiencing that. Um, my life did not set up for me to know those things unless I sought them out. Um, and when I sought them out, it was not a popular time. Like it was not <laughs> right now. I feel like, you know, energy is like a buzzword and everybody does yoga. And when yeah. I was starting out with this, that was not the case at all. I was very much on my own. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the energy body pretty much informs everything in my life, everything in my practice. <laughs> and I was first introduced to the energy body when I was a student at the University of Southern Cross in Australia. And um, I was also going through a pretty intense eating disorder. I was about 20 years old and I was very disconnected from my body. And I was very in a place of separation, not, a, not, not at all being able to hold myself, not feeling strong, not feeling empowered. Um, I was going through a bit of a dark night of the soul, quite honestly. And I feel like I was consciously or unconsciously trying to connect or heal. And I didn't know how. Right. So um, I ended up in this class called spiritual well-being. It was taught by an Aboriginal woman. And um, this course content dove us right into the chakra system which I had a little bit of experience. I had taken some Kundalini yoga. I had a little experience with it. Um, but in this class for our presentation of our, our final project, we had to uh, stand in front of the class and, and 
talk about our experience of the divine, what that meant to us. <laughs> and at 20 years old, you can imagine how daunting that is. Yeah. Especially for like a person who was like an extreme introvert. I mean, extreme, extreme right. introvert. I'm not, not who I am now. Like I was like <laughs> completely like, yeah, complete right. introvert. So um, the class was held in a dance studio because it was the only place on campus they had for us, you know, for a, a, a spiritual class. I <laughs> and we learned about transcend, transcendental meditation. We did all of these um, exercises daily to really start accessing um, our energy bodies. I think our, our book that we had for the class was Anatomy of the Spirit, Carolyn Miss, which is one of those old school books on chakras. Yeah. And as I dove into this book, I started to relate and understand from the point of my eating disorder, what it was that I was experiencing. I automatically drew a conclusion that, wow, my third chakra is really completely weak. I have no sense of self-esteem or confidence. I don't know how to connect to my power. I'm totally wide open and have no boundaries. You know, I started understanding these things. I started understanding that my fifth chakra was completely closed, that I had no way of expressing. And as I started making mental connections with the body, I started to realize that there was a way forward for me and that I was going to have to, you know, life had set up an opportunity for me to use dance to explore this cave that I was in. Mm. And me being the... <laughs> <laughs> kind of the rebel person that I am. And I was like, okay, this is going to be painful, but I'm going to do it. So I would go into the studio when it was free. And I found this really kind of heart-wrenching music that I felt like it could help me pull some of this stuff out. And I would really dive into what I would understand as what was going on in my energy body. And I would sit with it. I would dance with it. Sometimes I would cry. Sometimes I would have a fit. Sometimes I would create extraordinarily beautiful movement and sometimes all of the above. Mm. And what it did, this process started giving me a, a voice and expression to move this energy out, to begin to process it um, through, through physicality. Right. Um, so that by the time I was ready to show this to the class, I had already moved through several layers. And what I ended up showing to the class was, I want to say, a half improvised, half choreographed, raw <laughs> thing. I think I even twisted my ankle giving it because oh. I was in such like a, a state so of like right. surrender. And after I get, after I showed this thing and I wanted to like, you know, I was like, I didn't even know why it was such an out of body experience for me um, to show something that vulnerable right. to a group of 20 people at, you know, at that time in my life. Um, and then to receive the feedback of what people saw was such a healing integration that I started to have a different relationship with my body after that. It wasn't like instantaneous, okay, I'm healed, but it was the beginning of learning how to eat again. It was the beginning of reclaiming, I didn't wanna live like that anymore. I wanted to experience something else. And as I started taking my power back and as I started using my expression and my voice and those centers began to heal, I began to create a new experience for what I wanted for myself in my life. Mm -hmm. And um, that, process is something that I is a, is a piece of something that I still use to work with clients today. The practices are much deeper and fuller, but that is a doorway in, like you were saying earlier, like the body is the doorway. Right. So if we have the courage to drop in and listen and be present with whatever shows up, you will be guided and you will have an outcome and it, you will have a resolution and an empowerment and you just have to be open to what it looks like. Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree with that more. And you have to be open to not liking what it looks like, you know, and, and maybe it's not the way that you wanted it to go or what that you imagined and just knowing that it's, it's not going to be 
probably anything like you imagined. And staying open to that is definitely challenging. But I love that that story and that kind of process. And I'm thinking about how we can kind of translate and unpack that. And so, you know, without getting too into the details of things, for somebody who is like, okay, I'm understanding that I can use my body as a gateway to understand where I'm energetically stuck or where I'm energetically lacking in those things like, you know, personal power and expression and all of the things that are just so crucial that come up in every area of our life, right? Like lack of trust, you know, Mm -hmm. issues with attachment, all of these things that literally show up in every single area of our lives Mm -hmm. that are occurring on an energetic level, but we can start to access them through the body. And Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering if, I guess my thought would be that it's kind of first becoming aware of this information. So you learned about the chakras and what they are, you know, Mm -hmm. what each center holds. And then was it that through that you were like, oh, okay, I could see that I'm having a solar plexus issue Mm -hmm. or was it, and I'm sure it's probably a combination, but is it that you kind of had that mental awareness or as you were learning, did you feel a sensation yeah yeah great question um i think at that point in my life i was so honestly disconnected from my body that it was a mental thing at first where i said oh mentally i understand this third chakra thing it took as i went through the process and i became more acquainted and friends with my body again and allowed myself to feel then i could start feeling it but for me initially it was very mental um, because I didn't have access. Right. I wasn't allowing myself to deepen into that feeling state because I didn't trust the body. So it, you know, that mm-hmm. process started giving me sensation and awareness back, if that makes sense. And yeah. now everything today is all about, of course, like accessing the, the feeling and accessing the energy and the mental is like a nice counterpart, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. But I agree that I think that for most people, we are just so disconnected from our bodies and it just really doesn't even feel like anything that it's new to most people that the body, you know, the body keeps the score. It's new to most people that our body is holding all this information, that our body is holding all this stuckness. So I think that where most of us live, I know that where most of us live is in our heads. And so it would make sense then that while we're talking about the body as a gateway, first you have to understand that, that the body is a gateway. And so I think I wasn't, I wasn't sure if we were going to do this, but I think that we should just quickly go through what the, what the seven chakras are and what, what the qualities are and the kind of shadow sides and body um, accompany each center, just so that people kind of can start to think about this for themselves. Like what's ringing. And again, I want to invite people listening as Allison's talking, like really try to feel. So when she says, you know, okay, first root chakra, and she'll describe where it is in your body, think about like feel into that area of your body. And just that this is what I believe to be the easiest kind of most user friendly beginning to understanding what how you can use this as a tool for yourself is just begin to feel into it now that you will have the awareness Mm -hmm. and awareness is a practice too by the way it took me years to really develop that kinesthetic connection and trust and even if people listening if they want to just kind of rub their palms together and place their hands kind of sandwiching on this the different areas you can start to develop it and understand that it doesn't happen overnight for most people. Like it does take sensitivity training, you know, there is such a thing. And um, yeah, so I I can dive into that if you're wanting to. Yeah, let's do it. So the root chakra is the color red, which I'm wearing. (laughs) Um, And it's really at the base of the spine, the tailbone. So if if anybody listening wanted to kind of place their hands there, Um, And just to kind of get a sense of what that feels like between their hands. Um, So this is really representing your connection to the earth. 
this is representing, like you were saying, your, your ability to feel safe, to feel a sense of trust with the earth, to feel that you can ground and connect to earth energy and that the earth is there to support you. Uh, beyond that, it, it dives into um, safety in family, in groups, um, part of your tribe, whether or not you feel a sense of belonging or not. Um, and the way that this can show up in, in life is um, a person who comes across as, I want to say, grounded, you know, a person who holds their energy in a really solid way. So the, the element of the root chakra is earth. And um, I want to say that I did not always have a strong root, quite the opposite. Yeah, me too. <laughs> right? It's very easy, very easy to not have one. Um, the imbalance of this is going to look like maybe flightiness, um, anxiety, a sense of distrust of, of being safe, of never feeling like you can, um, you belong to anyone or anything. Um, it can show up as financial issues. Um, it can show up as um, flakiness or inability to like really be present. Mm -hmm. Let's just start with that because that's a lot. Yeah, perfect. And then moving up into your second chakra, which is going to be right underneath your belly button, about two inches, you can kind of sandwich that spot. Um, this is the water element, and this is going to hold your reproductive abilities and hold your um, sensual energy, your creative energy. For women, it's the womb, right? It's how we birth. So whether you're a man, woman, you know, you are <clears throat> using this energetic center, which is orange to, uh, in, in its vibrational color, you're using this energetic center to birth, whether it's your life's work, whether it's a child, whether it's a project. Um, the strength of this center um, determines like your ability to be fluid, whether you're rigid or whether you can kind of flow with life, whether you can accept and be in a state of pleasure or whether that's something that is feels like a no-no. I've experienced both. I think it's kind of right. beautiful to always have those, um, yeah, dualities. Yeah, it's, it's really, uh, I wanna say, what I've experienced in, in chakras that I haven't read, but I've learned is that, or in my own practice is like, the, the, se the second chakra, like the odd chakras for me feel more masculine. And the, mm. the, the even number chakras to me feel like they carry a more feminine energy. And that's just a personal. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I've yeah, noticed that like the first, the third, the fifth, and the seventh all carry like a divine masculine and the second, right. fourth, sixth all carry like a divine feminine for me. Love that. I, don't know. I just got chills. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, so this is your water flow, sensual pleasure. Um, the way that can show up in your life is, um, again, can also affect finances. You know, the, the lower three chakras can be all financial related. How you are relating to partners is gonna show up there in a big way. Your availability or lack of availability for intimacy, for real intimacy is gonna show up there. Um, I wanna say it kind of houses your authentic truth holding space. That's my own thing. Um, but yeah. I think it, it kind of holds a different sort of grounding of your um, vibrational essence, I will say, your creative expansion. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing to add in the, in the sacral, this, third, this second center is emotional. Our emotions are stored here. And, you know, that yes. sort of obviously feeling like you are somebody who is in control of your emotions in the sense that you have a good relationship with them. You relate to them well would be you feeling strong and in the center. And if you're just like on an emotional roller coaster all the time or experiencing depression or experiencing just kind of crazy wild emotions that are not <laughs> pleasant working for you, then that would be a disturbance in this area. That was, I had a lot, a lot of stuckness in this center, like a lot. It's still something that right. I'm working with. Mm -hmm. And a big part of it was that that I, that I fell into. Yeah. Great point. Absolutely. Cause yeah, it is that water element. So it's, it's definitely going to, uh, if not balanced, 
be right. emotionally maybe out you know spinning out of control yeah so great point with that um third chakra solar plexus sunshine yellow um this is the storehouse of your power of um your boundaries whether or not you have them of being able to state your needs of being able to um discern um, what is yours and what's not huge distinction. Yeah. <laughs> almost no one talks about, but kind of rules our life fundamentally. Um, power dynamics are going to show up here, feeling overpowered, underpower, um, power dynamics of all kinds, right? Uh, whether or not we can assert ourselves and, um, it shows up like self-esteem or lack thereof, of confidence or lack thereof, or of trying to be liked, but maybe not liking ourselves. Like the, a lot of the stuff that we see today, that we live in a world where image is everything and authenticity is becoming more valued. But right. I want to say that the, um, you know, the clickbait of life yeah. right now is still on having a perfect something. And, you know, the more we kind of demystify this and really give per people permission to show up exactly who they are, like that is actually what empowerment is. It's not about looking like your favorite TV movie star who probably doesn't have a perfect life anyway, right? So I think, you know, this is also for me where like being authentic really shows up in terms of power. Definitely. Um, anything you want to add to that? Yes, I just, um, well, first, for people who don't know where the solar plexus is, it's kind of like right underneath our rib cages, like right, is that a good way to describe it? Yep. Mm -hmm. That point right there, right at the bottom of your rib cage, it's in like the mid tummy area. Um, so yeah, feeling into that, for me to kind of give some personal, again, examples of how this showed up for me, I will feel, and in fact, I just had it and I hadn't had it in a long time. I just experienced this last week where I would get this, literally what felt like a bubble, like mm. right in my solar plexus. And it's totally energetic. Like it's, I remember when it first started being a thing, it was around the fall of 2019, which was when I was first kind of coming into doing coaching as opposed to my corporate job. And I was experiencing this bubble and it's like this might if the if you happen to be lucky enough that your energetic body is speaking to you and in that you're feeling one of these sensations what you're probably going to do is what I did which is like all right well the only thing that I can kind of assimilate this to is like some kind of bloating mm -hmm. so I'm like trying to figure out why I'm bloated right I'm right. like and digestive issues are going to be showing up also in the chakra right it's kind of like the the ability or the inability to digest experiences. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but it's funny because, right, like I wasn't, I didn't have a, a digestive issue per se. Mm -hmm. I had an energetic stuckness. I had an energetic blockage there. So that kind of like bubble in your stomach or people talk about the pit in your stomach and that yeah. can be all in this area. And yeah, I think other than that, you did a beautiful job. I think for me, definitely just self-esteem, self-trust and the ability to show up. Like I've been tuning into this center a lot lately because I've been experiencing resistance showing up in the form of just me wanting to retreat. Mm. So showing up to do the work that I know that I'm here to do, that I, I want to do, but resistance is showing up in the sense of like, Mm, I won't reach out to that person just now. Maybe I'll do it later. Maybe I'll just do something else. Maybe I'll go hide this personal power, mm -hmm. literally like doing an ab workout just to kind of tap into right. that center. Yeah. That's, um, that's all I want to add there. And it is like that masculine doing, right. right. And it's like, it's like the, the energy of action. Mm -hmm. Right. Definitely. Right. So so the heart, the heart is the heart, you know where that is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's the, uh, the beautiful emerald green. Um, it's going to reflect our capacity to love, to be loved, to receive, I want to say, to um, radiate love. Um, grief is also held there. Um, grief in the Chinese um, 
medicine system, right? All has to do with the lungs, mm. which is funny because we've had a big year about health in the lungs. Exactly. So I think there's like a collective release of grief happening, very big. That's another side note. Um, and the heart can be blocked for a lot of people um, because it, what, what happens most of the time is we all have little and big traumas that we go through being human, whether we talk about it or not, everybody has it. Whether if you're in a human body, you've had trauma, right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> and um, what happens is, is that we don't want to feel right. We don't want to feel that pain. So what we end up doing is closing the door on that. But the negative side of doing that is that you may not feel so much and then when you're not feeling so much, you're, you're really kind of closing off your cup, period. And um, Khalil Gibran, I don't know, the, the prophet, one of my favorite books, he talks about how um, you have this cup that holds your deepest grief and also your capacity to have like the most blissful experience of love. And it's the same cup mm -hmm. so that as depthful as you go into one is as depthful as you can have the other. So it's not like because you decide to cut off negative feelings that you get to experience this blissful love. It doesn't normally work that way. Right. It's like, it's all in the same soup. I love that. Um, so diving into the heart, I think is wor warrior's work. It's not um, for, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not something to just tread lightly with. Like the heart is, is um, as one of my teachers says, you know, the heart was meant to lead the head and not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Like this was meant to be the motherboard. This was meant to be the compass. Yeah. And we've, as a society through overly masculine energy that we've experienced over the last thousands of years, um, cut off trust of the heart, which I believe is our greatest um, teacher. I agree. Big stuff there. Yeah. Also connected to the emotional body, like behind the shoulder blades right. is where we hold most of our most negative thoughts about ourselves, which is right behind the heart. Um, so yeah, ultimately it's going to show you where um, you don't feel good enough, where you don't feel um, lovable, where you don't feel, you know, um, deserving and all that. Like it's a lot of that stuff is kind of held right in up between the shoulder blades. Right. Um, so yeah. Anything you want to add? No, I don't think so. That was beautiful. Yeah, let, let's keep moving up. So uh, the throat chakra. Ooh, baby. The throat chakra is a blue, a beautiful blue color. And um, this is going to, I want to say right now, especially in reflections of these times, um, this is what we need to use to claim our sovereignty. Mm. Um, the voice. The voice is going to be very powerful in times to come. And um, being really discerning and articulate with the words that we choose and knowing that our words are not only prayers, but our words are also, I want to say spells, yep. for lack of a better word. Oh, and that's, they always the best word. that's the best one. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, people understanding, you know, how not only you use your voice in the outer world, but how you talk to yourself mm. is a big thing um, that is influencing your unconscious mind daily, right? These limiting beliefs and stories that we're telling ourselves over and over again are kind of creating the same thing over and over. Um, so how we talk to ourselves, how we express ourselves, and that can be visually, that can be in so many different ways, um, writing, art, right? Um, all of the arts, I want to say, have a fifth chakra component to them because they are the heart. They are the heart's release. Right. So yeah, this is going to show up as you know any issues with um, thyroid, with um, imbalances of hearing and listening, of um, you know having a really clear resonance when you speak or whether you feel a little shaky. Um, being able to stand in your truth, I really highly align it to owning your truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I've been like personally lately working with this center a lot. It's something that uh, it's come across in my awareness a few times over the past year that it's something that has been restricted in my life. And 
that that's something that, of course, you know, why we're talking about this and why we're taking the time to go through these centers, it's so that we can see where we have these energetic blockages, where we're having these imbalances so that we can come back, Mm -hmm. right, to balance. So with, it's come across in my attention a few times and just lately it's been something that I've really decided to work on. And yeah, I want to punchline the communication and truth that I think that the most common thing that people could experience as to feeling why, that understanding that this could be something that they should look at Mm. is how well you communicate in general is is communication something that you feel like comes easily especially when it comes to the things like you said communicating your needs mm-hmm. and communicating your truth to yourself right. and to others and, and the interesting thing is if the other lower chakras are not balanced up until there you're never going to get there right right so it's like it's really dependent on the whole system coming together for that. Thank you for saying that. And that's kind of like why to, to put it, if this is the first time you're hearing this kind of a conversation, why we keep saying things like moving up. It's not just because we're, that's how we're describing it, but literally like it's kind of, we can think about it in this process of unlocking each one as you go up the, the kind of spinal column. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to say with, to highlight in the throat chakra, those, those two things definitely. And just that, oh, I know what I wanted to say. One of my favorite teachers, Sonia Choquette, described yeah, it. I love as, her. Oh, she's the best. The mm-hmm. chimney from the heart to the from, mm-hmm. to the from the heart to the head, right? And so from the heart to the third eye, and the heart to the crown, and but this chimney from the head to the heart really makes a lot of sense to me. And and you know you can forget about the chakras. Everybody knows your heart and your head, and. And the third is the chimney between there. And so we kind of really need this to be clear, to have those messages go. Because like you said, I completely agree. We weren't meant to live from our head. We were meant to be guided by the heart. And the heart is communicating messages. But if we don't have this clear channel of communication between them, the throat, we're never going to get it. We're never going to miss them every time. So the throat chakra is hugely important. And I think also the other thing I wanted to punchline was for women, especially, it's something that, you know, we were told to not to be quiet. Everybody Thank was told to be quiet. That. Thank you for saying that. That's a big part of my work, actually, is yeah. to unsilence the women. Yeah. It's yeah. a whole other conversation, but yeah. Right. I was just going to, I was going to go on from that, but honestly, what's, what's so beautiful and also beautifully sad is that we don't need to, everybody knows, you know, like if you're listening, you get that. So it is something that, especially for women, like I've been doing a practice today, I did a meditate morning meditation practice where I was going, making sounds <laughs> and it yeah. feels so weird. I was, I was alone. And it, it feels weird. We feel like we're not allowed to make noise. And so I know you probably do this work a lot with clients too. And I just, I'm always encouraging people to just make noise, like sing loudly, you know, make noise. It's okay. It's, I know it sounds silly, but we really have to do that work to unlock it. So, yeah. 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 And especially if you were told like, oh, you have a terrible singing voice right. or you, you know, like so many people have had that experience of like, oh, you should just, you know, quit while you're ahead. Don't sing. Don't, uh, you know. Right. <laughs> and other another thing I want to say before I forget, too, is yeah. that, you know, as we're going through these chakras, don't feel shame if mm. you catch yourself like, oh, that's imbalanced for me. There's no shame in any of it. Right. Like we're all on a journey with them. And it's not that you get to a point where you're Oh, my, my seven chakras are aligned forever. All the time. Yeah. It doesn't happen that way. Every day is different. Right. And um, the body opens in layers. So um, you may feel completely balanced and whole one day and the next, like you might feel like you got hit by a truck and it's all part of being human. So there's no shame in wherever you are on your journey with it. It's all perfect. Right. Thank you as long as you're with it and you have compassion for yourself, most importantly. Mm, yes. Yeah. Okay. We get two left. Okay. So um, we're going to the number six, your third eye, right? Literally figuratively and all things in between. Yep. So um, this houses your perception. This is the indigo um, purple violet color. Um, 
your ability to perceive through the veil, your intuition, um, your sense of knowing. Um, I'm a, like you, a highly intuitive person. I always have been my whole life, a curse and a blessing. Yeah. And my, the way that things come to me is a knowing where I'll meet someone and I'll know, I'll know things about them the way that I know my first name. Right. You can't explain it really, but it's just like, you were born December 7th. I don't know, but yes, you are. You yeah. know? Right. <laughs> like I'll just get like these really st strange things. So, um, and again, we're not taught to value this mm. or to even access it or get in touch in touch with it and why it's important. And I've always said that developing your intuition is the greatest gift you can ever possibly give yourself period. When you can trust your own impressions, when you can be in a space and connect to what you feel and what you know, and not have to acknowledge an outside source to confirm that and fully trust, because we're interacting, like we're in an energetic universe, right? right? We're interacting with energy all the time. Like it's not just this physical thing that we see. Everything holds an energy. Everything does. Right. So a, mu a piece of music that comes on the radio, a flavor and aroma that you're tasting, whatever it is, it's all information. And what our sixth chakra does is it's assimilating this and it's giving us messages. So um, the openness of this or the closure of this is going to depend a lot on your trust for yourself and in your trust of others in a different capacity. Eyesight problems can happen with uh, blocked six chakras. Um, just, I wanna say uh, chronic, like if you're not trusting that, or if you have this shut down, um, you're gonna make a lot of wrong assumptions, you know, yeah, <laughs> in a lot of different ways. So it's just gonna save you a lot of time. I'll just be short and mm -hmm. say that. It will save you so much time to invest in strengthening that. And you do that really through meditation and, um, practicing like I have a weird when I first started developing my intuition I used to practice with M&Ms yeah I would like grab in a bag and I'd be like this one's green oh I love it like, okay. oh my god that's so <laughs> great would, yeah I would eat them too but um, I don't eat M&Ms too much anymore but um, <laughs> I'm just saying like there's really ordinary ways to practice intuition right. it doesn't have to be like a transcend transcendental thing yeah for sure and and also to say, to punchline something that you said, just to make this really grounded for people, what you said is true. And it's something that I would think that every single one of us learned in school that everything is energy. This isn't us having a, we're not trying to convince you of some additional woo-woo thing. You actually already learned this. We actually all already learned this in school that everything is energy and that, you know, this desk, it feels really solid, but it's, mm -hmm energy, you know, compacted really tightly, giving me the illusion that it's solid, but really this is all energy moving. And so I just always mm -hmm. like to, when it comes to me, I always like to kind of give that to people to yeah. ground these kinds of things that that's really. And research metaphysics, right. because it's going to blow your mind. Oh, it's quantum it's physics, metaphysics. I mean, like it's all in science. We just don't even give it enough credit, but yeah, it's all there. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and then the last thing I'll say about, about third eye and intuition is I actually just posted uh, about this right before we jumped on this call that the what I believe to be the first step and the number one way to developing that and tuning into that is slowing down. Mm. And you just, you can't hear it if you're constantly blasting yourself with the news, with so Instagram, oh God, with your so phone. You just, you just, you can't, you need space. And you need mm -hmm. quiet to be able to hear it. So slowing down and tuning everything else out to tune into you is, is a necessity. I don't know anybody who has developed and worked with their intuition consciously that does so in the pace of the modern world where they're always on their phone and they're always running from thing to thing to thing. I've, I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more and super valid point. Thanks for saying that. Or reiterate. I don't think you could say it enough, quite honestly. Right. Seriously. Um, last but not least, <laughs> we've got the crown of the head. 
your literal crown. Yep. And um, this is going to be your connection to source, creator, God, goddess energy, whatever you want to call it. But your um, your ability to transcend human form is going to um, bring you to this area. And when all of these previous chakras are aligned, this can open much easier. Um, this can be blocked for most people, especially if they're shunning their relationship to God, source creator, or if they have a negative connotation with that. Um, you can also develop this through meditation, right? By focusing your awareness, the more that you are, and again, this is also a perceptual center where you're able to kind of get once they call them downloads right um but if you when you are reaching and connecting to um i'm going to be a little strange for a moment and say interdimensional realms yeah that's <laughs> what happens in my work is yeah. that i'm kind of led there a bit um but accessing interdimensional realms accessing information beyond your knowing mm -hmm. and i will say this that all people everyone has access to this right and it's just not something that we are taught to practice again. Uh, we all have access to the same universe and the, the infinite abundance. Like you can almost answer any of your own questions if you dare to. Love that. It's all there for you. It's really just a matter of opening, trusting, and then developing this connection enough so that it's strengthened and that you can really uh, be with it. People who do channeling, you know, they're accessing it through their seventh chakra, really. So they're opening up. Um, you don't want to walk, you know, you don't want to be like walking through New York City with like a totally open you right, know, right, right. Uh, seventh chakra. And you don't want to be like pulling in all sorts of negativity through any chakra, really. But spiritually, uh, you know, it's a beautiful thing to open mm -hmm. and to connect to and to access with um, with the spirit, with the spirit realm and just to acknowledge the spirit realm because um it's also communicating through us all the time right and um you know allowing ourselves to receive guidance higher guidance um you know this can show up if it's imbalanced uh depression uh, mental issues um all sorts of all sorts of head problems right yeah. can show up as a uh, crown chakra issues uh, migraine headaches things of that nature so, uh, and again, not to beat yourself up, but, you know, notice that if you have some of that stuff going on that, you know, maybe you want to do some work with that. Yeah. Again, I love, I love this conversation because it's, it's empowering. I love how you get, have given that reminder of it. This isn't something to be ashamed about. It's our hope is that it's something that's empowering because it was annoying for me to just walk around with that bubble in my stomach and be like, well, what the heck? Like I can't, mm -hmm possibly fix my diet to be any more like digestively friendly. You know, I don't, I'm not bloated from anything else. Like it's frustrating, but when we have this information, then we can start to look at things in this different way and have this new understanding of, oh, it could be something else going on here. And what I want to kind of put to you now is how do you see this understanding of our energetic body? How does that relate to embodiment mm, yeah thank you for asking it's kind of everything um because as you are connected to your own awareness and as you are connected to the energy of your own systems you begin to interact with your environment in a very different way um, i want to say your level of conscious connection to yourself to other beings um, and to pretty much everything that you relate to, sorry, it's my cat just yeah. attention there, shifts the more that you are paying attention and in conscious co-creation with each of these centers. Right. Was there one? No, I want to no, make sure that I'm was perfect. That, that was perfect. So it's just kind of like, <laughs> I feel like we hear this word a lot, embodied. And, mm -hmm. and honestly, like, I don't know that I have a great definition for it. And I'm just kind of like, what are we even talking about? You know, if, if the yeah. goal is people seem to have this, this goal and people like yourself offer these programs so that we can feel embodied. And like, that sounds really great to me, but what does that mean? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, great question. 
embodiment, I think, is going to be a very personal thing for uh, each individual and what that feels like. Um, one important thing that I will say about that, that is kind of a slight different trajectory that I've really been working with a lot in terms of embodiment is coming into the body requires a lot of different things. It requires the courage to feel whatever arises, number one. Um, number two, so much of embodiment, believe it or not, is also going to look at what you're holding that's not actually yours. Mm. That's a big thing, right? That we don't talk about. We don't really even know how to understand. That's a whole something into itself. But uh, we do pick up a lot of things. And we do, especially if you are a person who is um, sensitive, if you are empathic, if you are in the healing trajectory, right. you are absorbing energy. And a lot of the embodiment practices um, require, again, first to look at and feel what's what's present, and then to really acknowledge what's there and being, you know, having tools to clear what is not yours because i will tell you we are all carrying stuff that is not ours right and the second that you clear that you are more free you are more in your body mm. so clearing and looking at what we're unconsciously carrying is a huge part of embodiment even though it sounds like it might not be yeah that definitely um and then the, the third part to that is once you have the courage, you've looked at what's not yours, you get to then decide and create a pathway of claiming what is. Mm. And that is a creation point. And I think that's why we incarnate as humans, is to have that experience of this profound, depthful, clear creation. So becoming embodied is, is powerful because it allows you to be the steward of your own ship in the most powerful way possible. When you can stand in your full presence and when you can clearly own all that you are without judgment or explanation, there really is no other way of being that feels more enlivening yeah. or um, expansive. Mm. And I really believe that we were all meant to feel and live and operate from that level. And when you get to that level, that's just the beginning. That is the beginning of where you create. That is the beginning of where you serve. That is the beginning of where your purpose guides you. Yeah. Oh, that was so beautiful. Yeah, I, I almost, I have nothing to add except that I completely agree. And I had chills the whole time because really, I'm so glad that that we've came full circle to that because it's we're not just talking about, you know, oh, I have an imbalance in my in my solar plexus and my stomach. Oh, I dancing is a great expression, like these kinds of separate things. I think sometimes as teachers, we can get so into our things and into our tools and into the discussions of things that we forget to punchline, like, what's the point? And really, I, I f again, don't want to say anything different than how you just said it, that I agree that that is absolutely the point. And I'd love to kind of, again, tie this bow even, even tighter by bringing it back to you and your work in dance. Mm. And first, if you could just tie in dance to that experience for everyone, you know, even non-dancers, and then, sure. and then, yeah, we'll talk about for the dancers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for asking. And yes, so my work with embodied dance is, um, I think I mentioned in the beginning that my, uh, I spent, you know, four years in college studying anthropology. And what I put together real quick about that was dance has been used since the dawn of time for ritual and rite of passage and for healing and connection to the community and to our hearts and to ancestors and spirit and God and to be fully embodied. Yeah. That is what dance is or always has been. And through, I want to say the 1900s. And so um, we've made dance this high art form, which is amazing, but we've basically turned it into gymnastics and that's right. okay. Mm -hmm. Like the human body can do amazing things and there's amazing things that can happen through those virtuosic um, pathways, but 
what I've seen and experienced is that the value has been placed so highly on virtuosity and not enough on the embodied individual. Mm. So my work is to kind of rebalance out (laughs) by getting dancers to connect to the deeper layers of self and bring that forth in their expression. Because when they are able to deeply own and connect to all that they are in earth, in heart, and in spirit, that is what heals them. And that is what heals an audience. Mm. So my work is really intended, although it, you know, dance kind of seems like this maybe airy fairy thing that some people do. It's really a pathway of strength and it's a pathway of empowerment. Mm. And um, in the teacher training that I have that I'm starting um, next month, I am teaching people how to hold this space in a classroom, how to guide dancers back to themselves, Mm. how to use the teaching of dance as an empowerment tool, to um, use choreography as a healing tool, to create performances that resonate with the different chakras that create and different outcome for the audience's experience so that you are taking the audience on a journey. It's not just like, wow, look how many turns I can do. Wow, I jumped really (laughs) high. Wow, I did all that, which is all amazing. But when you connect it to something so pure and clear and then move from that place, it creates a completely different resonance. And I believe it's kind of ancient and also evolutionary. And it's time to kind of bring the two together because at this point in our lives, I mean, I was taking dance class, you know, years ago and I was like, I can't believe it's such and such a day and time. And we're just talking about the physical body and how high I can throw my leg. And I love throwing my legs high and that's great, but God, there's so much more going on here. Can we talk about that? So all of my curiosity brought this forward and the pathway of being on this healing journey since I was 20 uh, gave birth to what this work is about. And this work is much bigger than me. Uh, Quite honestly, this work is going to be teaching me what it is until the day I die. It's not like I am the owner of this work. Like this (laughs) is being like pulled in and and downloaded through me. And I'm going to share and create and inspire others to also do the same. Yeah. So that's that. And if you have questions and you're interested about the teacher training or you're a dancer, I would love to chat with you. Please reach out to me, um, send me a message and um, I would love to learn about you and what you're passionate about. And um, I just love connecting with all people who have curiosity and who have passion for their their health and their bodies and their expression. Yeah, yeah. And we'll have all Allison's stuff in the show notes, of course. But yeah, I, I want to um, I want to finish by, I just thought of something so silly, but it's when you were beginning to talk about dance and how, it is not just, it was something that has been used for millennia as ritual, as rite of passage of all of these things. I just watched that show Bridgerton. Have you heard of it on Netflix? Okay, it's a new Netflix series. A lot of people were, were all excited about it, but it's it's um, like Pride and Prejudice-y. So it's mm-hmm. in that, that era where, you know, they would have dance that there would be balls all the time and throughout the summers and in old England, right. They would go and they would have these events Mm -hmm. that were during courting season, but everybody was dancing and yeah, yeah, just something about, I just kind of was admiring that and thinking about the dance element of that and how today it's become something that's so you can see how dance has become something that people are so rigid about. Like you just picture again to our, one of my favorite teachers, Sonia Choquette, everyone with this tight butt syndrome. Like everyone is just- right, in like the corsets, right? right? Like the- every everyone is just like all tight in, but even then at least they were dancing, at least they were do- dancing, right? And it was still something that everybody was doing. And it was oh. like, of course we dance. Like there's no option. It wasn't like, and, I, and in talking to people about this show, it's like everyone's wow those scenes of these balls are so beautiful and and what it would be like to live in a time like that where everyone was dancing and even you think about the 20s that Gatsby like era you picture these people dancing and what happened now it's like everyone's all like 
pictured now in the middle school right. and high school dances, everyone's just like, if you're dancing, it's you're uncool, right? Or and you just- right, or afraid to fully show up because you know somebody will make fun of you, or mm-hmm. you're not good enough, or it's going to scar you for life because you might do something mm-hmm. that people don't like. And you know, we've like completely taken the permission to like be free in our movement. And I was definitely one of those people. I was shy up until I started dancing. Right. Yeah. So I want to, you know, I want to encourage people to be free, to own their expansiveness while they're alive, while they're in their body, and to realize that the only ones holding us back are ourselves. And the only person that we need approval from is right here. Mm -hmm. That's it. You, spirit, the earth, your heart, that's it. When you own that, nobody's going to fuck with you. Sorry for cursing. No, it's perfect. That's That's exactly it. Cut. Thank you. I I don't want to add anything because that was so perfect. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And again, we'll have all Allison's stuff in the, in the show notes. And what are you on Instagram at embodied? Embodied Embodied.dance. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you. So much love to you. Thank you for having me. I so value you and what you share and the opportunities that you give to connect people is amazing so thank you thank you Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Spiritual 20s. My name is Paige, and I am so grateful to play even the smallest role in your journey to living a more authentic, more aligned, more wild and free life. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, and I'll see you next time.